like a stone in the water Watch the mud rise up Dress me like a lamb for the slaughter Pour me in your cup Trouble Is there, a, is there a secret word, panic word, magpie? <laughs> nah, but you know, yeah, that's funny. funny. Is there anything you wanted to ask? Um, no, nah, not you. It's all good. <laughs> okay, okay. We are up to the best episode yet, I think, basically, because it's number seven, and I like seven. So we'll start there as to why it's called best. But quite frankly, I think we're going to get down and dirty today. This is a, a really unique interview. And I say that even before having it because I've spent some time chatting with and texting chatting with this gentleman and uh, gotten to know his family a little bit more in the last little while. But I've actually known you and I know you don't know who, like people don't know who you are yet, but I know you as Memphis. That's and right. um, yeah, so we're going to have to sort of unpack that a little bit as far as you want to go. But I, I think, how old how old's your, your little girl? Uh, Kelly is five. five. All right. So I've known um, your darling wife um, prior to this, so maybe six years or so ago. So, so I'd, I, say, I'd say seven years from when I had right. my first business. You did the character. Oh, okay, that's right. That's your reference. You, was, you were on selling Lego. You were like a Well, to, yeah, to, to, toy shop. Yeah, right. So um, anyhow, I, I detoured on the way home from Sydney and yep. you guys just became my my Lego go tos and uh, got got me some pretty unique um, Lego. Yeah, we, we we were your Lego dealer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Who would have thought it would have become what it is now? And uh, we'll unpack that in a second. But I am so blessed that you're giving me some time today. So I um, this podcast is about movement initially, and clearly Lego has got a little bit to do with movement, but. Tell us about who you are and, and in, 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 in essence to that, try and wrap it a little bit about what would I be talking to you about movement? Who I am now or who I was to with the movement? What's, what's better suited? Start, you can start wherever you want with that because I think your story is going to be pretty big. So the yep. intro will probably merge into most of the interview. <laughs> okay. Well, now who I am currently is with in regards to movement is, um, well, I'm back to training, which leads me to, where I used to be. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, full-time training now, sometimes three times a day. Um, we're currently, training, what, do, what do you mean by training? Training as in my explanation of where I want to be is I want to be superhuman. Right. Bigger, right. stronger, mm -hmm. faster. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's pretty much, I just fittest on earth. Maybe not fittest in Sydney. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a good start. Aim high. How are you doing that? Self-training. Um, basically, I've started on the journey of CrossFit. Yep. Something, that, something that I was totally against when back in the day when I was a full-time bodybuilder. Okay. Well, let's let's. You've given me a key word. Let's start there. When when were you? And do, do you want to introduce yourself otherwise than Memphis? Or are you happy to? Start oh, Mem Mem Memphis is fine. Chris, Chris, Memphis, Christmas, whatever. Right. Christmas, <laughs> Christmas. I, I get Christmas a lot. <laughs> right. Okay, so bodybuilding. When, when did that all start for you? Um, so basically, it started. So Cooper was about three years old. That's my oldest son now. He's now fourteen. Um, right. Basically, both my parents passed away, mm -hmm. um, two years apart from each other, and yep. I was depressed. And a doctor said, "Look, you're losing too much weight, and you're pretty much you're going to die because you're not doing anything. You're not eating. You're not doing anything constructive. Find a hobby." So I thought, you know, I'm going to become a bodybuilder. And um, okay, that's a big jump from no hobby was, to something. Yeah, so that was um going from something like it was almost sixty five kilograms, 
um, not not eating. Yeah, um, never lifted a weight in my life, ever. Basically, um, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. And then my wife's family turned around and said, look, you'll never do it. You don't have the genetics to do it. It's too hard. So I thought, you know what, I'll prove you wrong. Okay. And boy, did I ever. Yeah, I was going to say that you strike me as someone that if that's uh, dangled in front of you. That's right. Don't ever tell me to not, I can't do something because I'll do it 10 times and send you pictures. Right. Right. That's, um, so how, where do you start with bodybuilding if you're 65 Ks? And never lift. Huh. Um, well, I bought the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding, produced or written by Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. um, and you know it gives that? you the per- gives you the perception of do what he did and you'll be what he is. And it's like, no, well, you know, two years into training and you, you literally gained an inch on your bicep because you're not doing what they used to do in the form okay. of you know enhancing supplements. All right. Um, yep. So, so I, I was classed as a A and B, an Australian natural bodybuilder. So I was drug free. Okay. Um, right. I ended up training Actually. myself three times a day. Took myself from sixty-five kilos to one hundred and nine kilos in about in... two years. Right. All, all muscle. Oh no! Yeah, I, I, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a lot of uh, McDonald's dinner boxes. I used to eat at McDonald's dinner box a day, actually. Right. Would you recommend that now to people? No, bodybuilding? no, no. Okay. no. <laughs> it was, no, it's, too, was it's, too, of... it's too expensive. When I was doing it, they were 20 bucks a box. Oh, <laughs> I know. They jump by like $5 each time, don't they? But anyway. I think, I think now the box is like things? 45 bucks. <laughs> Especially when you got kids. You're I like, know, no, crazy. no, we can't do this. Yeah. Okay, so 109, I think you said. Yeah, yeah, and took myself to about 109 kilograms. Yeah, yeah, so I was, look, I was I was eating twelve to fourteen meals a day. <laughs> yeah. What else did you do? Goodness. I was literally literally force feeding myself like you would not believe. Gosh, I've never heard anyone say that. So. Well, look, look, I, you you know me, and, and whatever I do, it's one hundred and fifty percent, or I don't bother. Yeah, uh, yes, I am getting to know you very much in that way. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, 12 to 14 meals a day, um, three training sessions a day. Yep. And training at a gym or did you no, say? So, no, so I, I bought a house with my family and um, concreted the backyard. So when we bought the house, the week we bought the house, we ended up moving 15 tons of dirt by hand to yeah. level the, the backyard and put up a shed and a gym. Yep. Mind you, I didn't know what, what a gym even entailed. So Yeah, so you just like bought whatever someone recommended at the shop well yeah i bought the concrete slab first and then a shed and then well if, if i need to use this i'll buy that if you know if this guy did this yep. i'll buy that yeah 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 so your your instincts drove a lot of how you do and did things would you agree with that yeah it's like like a switch i suppose you know someone tells you you can't do something something goes in my head you know like how dare mm. they say that yep so that's yep. just how i think that's how i'm wired yeah, you're incredibly, well, you strike me as incredibly methodical and and not just in a, in a sense of I'm going to think about the method. You then have this capacity to put pragmatism in, in, into practical um, yep. application. So you you make things. You'll, um, I, I saw a post recently that you did where you created, and I don't know the terms for this, but you created what you needed because you didn't think you were going to be it's, able to it's, get it. It's, so it's, called, it's called a landmine. So basically it lets you train your core to the max. Uh-huh. Um, so like basically, <laughs> well, no, it's, really it's more pole. of a, it's more of a swivel mount that the pole mounts into. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you made that, and so that there yeah, you it go, took people. me it took me a whole ten minutes, and I'm actually looking at it right now. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. That's I'm, I'm like extremely jealous on so many. I'm like someone who can't even make up recipes like on their own. Uh. Like I have to be to a T. <laughs> So hence, you actually have a role of mentorship in uh, in our world with uh, screen printing. So there's another That's part it. of your awesome. world. Awesome, yep. And Excalibur Fitness is, is what you're referring to there where I saw those posts. And yep. um, so let's talk a little bit about um, what what were your – you're in bodybuilding and then you've yep. created this, this gym from nowhere. Um, so paint the picture there of, of, of what happened. So who, so who did you the, 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 the gym started and – it all started with word of mouth and, and a few old churches I went to and people would see me at the shops and one of the comments was, holy crap, you're jacked up now. So then right. they saw the 60 kilo me and then 
two months mm. later, three months later, they started seeing this dude that was no longer fit in his clothes and, you know, could mm-hmm. lift half a car. Yeah. Um, and they were like, wow. who's, you know, where are you training? And I said, you know, it's God's gym. Because yeah, I was blessed God's by the grace of God and it was called God's gym. Yeah. So that went from, you know, I ended up with almost 400 clients in five years. Um, and then wow. it spawned into CrossFit and basically like a boot camp for the community once a week. Um, and you still and it was, ran that out from your your home, and then obviously yeah, it was all it was, and it was it was all nonprofit. So we did free personal training three times a day, seven days a week. That's pretty so incredible. For five to six years, we did with, that. Oh, wow! And you say what, by we? Is there a, a team, or are you talking about you and Mike? Oh well, yeah. Seeing how you know Leah was there, and she she was taking care of all my meal preps for me because there's no way I could cook that much and oh. and count calories and everything else. Yeah, trooper. That's incredible stuff. Awesome. Shout out to Leah. Okay. So you where if you're if I'm backtracking eleven years plus five or six years, we're sort of we're getting into like recent territory. Yep. Uh but before we go there, before we go there, let's just think a little bit philosophically or a little bit bigger about movement. So I'm gonna yep. get you to backtrack. Come off you a little bit, although yep. you're obviously gonna glean from yourself. I'm going to ask you from even like pre bodybuilder time, pre, you know, p- having the, the loss of, y- of your parents. I'm talking like yep. when you were little, wh- what can you remember seeing um, wild movement, like movement that you went, oh my gosh. And did it get your attention or were you one of those kids that's like, I am never doing that? No, look, I grew up being told I'll, I'll never do anything. I'll never amount to anything. Um, grew up, even my parents, like I was, you know, second-class citizen to them um i was don't bother don't bother trying you'll never be anything you never do anything so the mentality of growing up was well i won't bother then so there was no there was no physical encouragement yeah Yeah. like there was no physical encouragement don't go play this don't go do that don't do this you know yeah um so basically once i became myself my own person which was about 17 i was like i am my own person and they're right i won't amount to what they want i'll just do what i need to do and what was your guiding in that? Oh, really nothing, to be honest. It was just trial and error. I got into cars for a bit. So my dad was into cars. I grew up into cars. So, yeah. again, I, I took I took car stereos to the extreme, um, <laughs> basically. <laughs> what my mum used to call me a, a street kid because I didn't want to be inside. So if they uh-huh. were ever looking for me, I was, I was out the front, you know, BMX, skateboard, whatever. Right. So... You would say movement was just part of your norm, your everyday. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I'm not. I wasn't the type of guy to sit inside playing video games. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you ever will be, sir. I've tried, and I can't do it. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, you never thought of going like down extreme sports. So, when you when you were at that stage, and the doctor saying to you, "Hey, something needs to shift," and and for whatever reason, you took this doctor's um, words on pretty seriously. Why not go down the line of, you know, extreme sports, skateboarder or... or I was actually, well, my whole life I wanted to be a motocross racer. My parents were financially not able to and and okay. they just did not support me. And, I, you know, when I said I was going to be a privateer and do it on my own, they were like, well, go do it then. So I did that for a few okay. years and um, everything was done on my own. Yep, yep. So I was like so, a lone wolf. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. So that's obviously where your connection... So you you have a brand. Talk a little bit about your, your, your brand um, and your motocross. Yeah, so Sick Sick Moto is our motocross brand. It's a clothing brand, merchandise and apparel. <clears throat> we wanted to make it family friendly and affordable. So I decided yep. to, again, go to the extreme and taught myself <laughs> to design and print all the merch in-house on our own, outsource very little, mm. which allows me to, to produce and provide merchandise to families who don't want to pay $60, $70 for a T-shirt that a kid's just going to outgrow in five minutes. Yeah, don't they just. And I think what I love there is, is being that you are a father yourself, you have an appreciation of what it is to raise family and still want to give opportunity yep. to family. To, to so basically having... everything everything my parents taught me, I do the opposite with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I sort of knew opposite. you were going to say that. The total opposite. Oh, like, you know, Kelly wants, Kelly wants to do a backflip and mm-hmm. good, go do it. I'm not going to stop yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we don't, like, we don't, we don't. cheering her on. Yeah, well, wow. that's it. We don't, but we don't bubble wrap them. We don't discourage them. It's like we we tell them what can happen, and you know we know the route to the hospital, but it hasn't happened yet by the <laughs> grace of God. 
believe me, you wouldn't want to be there now, would you? Well, I got I actually got sent there today, but that's insane. But yeah, I yes, there was. I'm I'm wondering if I open that story up, but before I do, I'm going to ask this one more question before yep. we sort of do a bit more nows and let's go your story. In terms of influences, I think you're at a stage now where clearly, like you know, running the race ahead of a lot of people for a long time, you do tend to attract people or want to be around others that have got something or do something that you want to do. Who are your key people that you look toward or who you let influence you, even if you've never met them? No, I'm not. I'm not a fanboy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not like. Sense. I'm not like. Oh, you know, I want to be this guy or this guy's cool or. Yeah, look, they've achieved a lot and everything else, but it, it doesn't fit in with me. It's like, well, I really came from the bottom. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Um, yeah. So basically, I, I look to people like yourself, raising so many kids and and yeah. dancing and that you know doing cr- mad things like that and crazy things like that. That's like <laughs> that to me is impressive. Okay. Go and yeah. get an Audi or Ferrari on finances, like who cares? Yeah, totally. Too much yeah, pressure man. there. Yeah. So legitimately, look, I, the more and more I became into the Bible, Jesus was, you know, an influencer for me. And yeah. I was like, my, one of my quotes when I had my gym was, if Jesus could raise from the dead, you can come and train. Yeah. Oh, that's motivation to the team. So do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jesus, Jesus walked on water and you can't give me one more rep. Wow. Remember, I will remember this when I get you to ever personal train me on my children. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm, look, what you see is what you get. I don't, I, it's bad. I don't sugar, I don't sugarcoat things. No, that's right. It's one of the reasons I'm in, I'm interviewing you. Um, yep. is I, we're, we're, as our family are, we're, we're attracted to similar types yep. and, you know, you sort of mediate it according to what people can manage. Some people yep. are at different stages, but you know, you're here now I'm interviewing you. Something that's really apparent to me is that you have a significant story about um, how movement for you was significantly impeded. So let's yeah. paint this picture really well for people because it is really pertinent at the moment, the story you're yep. about to tell. And I want you to tell it uh, freely. All right. And, um, and you're very well. If I interrupt you, I apologise, but I, I, it will be because I'll, I have I'll, something. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that one when I train you. <laughs> So yeah, go, go back. You know, the last we know of you in this interview is you bodybuilding and getting getting. Oh, yeah, so, so basically, four hundred people at at the at the helm. Yeah, so I was a bodybuilder, full time bodybuilder. Um, Noah was just born, so that's my middle son. I was getting ready for a competition. Um, I ended up stripping down to seven percent body fat, down to about eighty kilos. So I was shredded. <laughs> um, I was I was ahead of schedule. I had a few other people that. I went to for advice in the terms of posing, which is, you know, involves a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. And my posing was spot on seven weeks out from comp. Mm-hmm. Um, but you I cut back. Ready? What's that? No, no, I had, I, no, no, all the fake tan was ready to go. Leah was doing that <laughs> once a week. Wow. Yes, no, spray tan. And it was a new world, shaving my legs and arms. And it's like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, choosing what undies I'm going to wear on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You've got to. All the detail, all the detail. Yep. So um, so we did we, we did that and then I wanted to push the limit and you know, my deadlift is my soul. So to me, mm-hmm. deadlifting is just the bread and butter. You, you know, you're not a man unless you can deadlift. <laughs> That's my theory. Well, sorry, right. I can't assume maybe in this day and age we can't assume genders, so <laughs> well, well, you know, we'll let that be. Yeah, it is what it is. I've said it now. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it. Deadlift. I've, I've written it down, mind you. Yeah, no, look, deadlifting for me was like nothing gets you so excited until you deadlift. So I took yeah. myself from when I started training, 20 kilo deadlifts for a couple of weeks. And then by the time I was competition ready, I was doing 175 kilos. <laughs> These numbers are just like, yeah, what? Like, that's wow. I don't even know how you do that. Like, What's well, funny, we're watching some. Were you deadlifting yeah, this... that at 80 something kilos? Yeah, 80 something, 175 kilos was my maximum. Gosh, all right. And it's and funny because we, we, we watched a few videos the other day on a hard drive that I found and it was when the gym first started. And it's like Leah was videotaping. We were both a lot younger, obviously. And she's like interviewing me, what are you lifting? And I'm like 45 kilos. I'm bench pressing 45. And, and like you can just hear her going, wow. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Such a wow girl. Oh, thank you, Leah. Awesome. Yep. So basically, okay, yeah. So-, so I went to 775 kilos, um, seven weeks out from comp. <laughs> Uh, running a business and then 
the baby was due not long after, so that was Callie. Mm-hmm. And I went and got a whooping cough tetanus polio injection um, as, per, as per the government's recommendation. Anyone associated okay. with a baby must have the whooping, whooping cough, whatever you're going to call it. Yeah, it was a big deal like six or so years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, doing as I was told, like a good little boy, when I got my injection and tetanus shot. And mm-hmm. I said, what's with the polio shot? And they said, look, it's, polio is really irrelevant because it's something that happens in Africa, but it's a three-in-one injection. So it's all we got. Yeah, right. And they, they gave they gave me the it's the last one, so you don't want to miss out. <laughs> no, they don't want to throw it out. But anyway, yeah. Keep going. So so um, done that. Yeah, I was a <laughs> I was a sponsored fisherman at the time, so I had a tournament <laughs> boat and well, yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Backtrack. Body. Okay, you were like something out from birth of baby and bodybuilding things. And I, how did you fish in the midst of all of that? Uh, so seven days a week. So between the toy shop. Um, everything else, kids. Leah was actually having contractions, and we were on Lake Wingdang fishing. Uh, we <laughs> yeah, we we're doing a tournament for the Pertech fishing tournament for raising money for prostate cancer. Oh my gosh! So I, she's I, I she's literally. I did not sitting, know these people. This is news to me. Oh my gosh! Right. She's literally <laughs> sitting on the banks, and I'm doing a 12-hour tournament, you know, on the jetty, um, and she's got contractions. Yes, well, well, she obviously loves you lots and lots. And um, did you? I'm not even going to ask about fish. Let's just move along. Um, Callie yeah. and you with injection having been in- administered. Yeah, so I got the injection. Um, do you want to know how it was administered? Because it's a pretty, pretty wild story. Sure. Yeah. I went to my went to my GP and he said, "You got your whooping cough." I said, "No." He goes, "We don't have any." He goes, "Go to this medical center and buy it. And come back and I'll give it to you." Oh yeah, no dramas. Went in. I paid for it over the counter. I went back and told my doctor. He says, "Come into the room." And literally, as I was sitting there, he jabbed it into my leg, totally unaware it was coming. Oh, wait a minute. What about cons- so the consent was you went and bought it, so that must be consent. Well, not even consent. You can literally just go buy it over the counter. There's no approval. There's nothing. It's like you got money. You can buy whatever you want. Okay. And and you just wow. Were you like the last patient of the day? Literally, I left his surgery, drove to another medical center where there was a chemist, and then drove back. And he saw me sitting there. He goes, "Oh, just come in." Like didn't sign in or anything. Okay. That, that, and he's ba- yeah, basically, he basically did the, the look over there and what, where? And then whack, straight in the leg. Okay. I, I have no words for this. I would have thought you were wearing shorts because you're a short wearer. That's right. I don't own pants. <laughs> <laughs> I literally don't. I don't own pants. I haven't worn pants yeah. for like three years. Well, unless, I'm, unless I'm dirt bike riding. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad. Your skin thanks you for that. Yes. Okay, so, okay, that would have been a little bit of a shock, but I'm sure in your, who you were as a person, you were probably a bit like, oh, that was funny. No, I was pretty much like, are you serious? Like, do you want to meet Jesus? No. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was, um, okay. So, yeah, yeah we. You so, your know, final flight was very take real it for what, Take point. it for what it is. What can you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't take it out and do it again. Yeah. Mm. It's like, quick, suck the poison out. Mm. Wow. Which it was, okay. poison. There you go. There's a good name for it, poison. Mm. Well, yeah, the story as the story goes, it, it, your body definitely responded like that, didn't it? Well, yeah, fishing tournament's over. Come home, um, wake, you know, sitting on the couch and wake up and I'm sick, I'm vomiting and there's no answer. Like I am could not keep anything down. Yeah. So off the hospital, um, no answers again. Like, oh, you've got gastro. Fair enough. Go home, wait it out. Go home, yeah. wait it out, and sitting on the couch, and my arm, my left arm, went to a, a closed position, and my wrist ended up against my shoulder, and it, it locked Goodness. out of nowhere. Just like watching TV, and my arm just literally contracted and was stuck. Wow! So wow! Like it was like a spring someone cut, and it just went straight up, and that was it. And I was like, "What's going on here?" Right. So presumably you were immediately going to a doctor. I went, saying, to, yeah, I went, I went straight. I went straight to emergency. Um, took myself down there. Yeah, um, yeah. And they basically had me there for twelve hours. I said, "Oh, it's because of your fishing tournament." Okay. Well, you well, know, you've only you, what, your muscles. Yeah, you got to think. Maybe it's a muscle, just muscle injury, contracted, and whatever else. Okay. Yeah. So right. it's a doctor, like you know, who doesn't trust a doctor, right? <laughs> 
We give um, them the benefit of the doubt most of the time. Yes, we uh, do. Yes, well, we need to question their benefit anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I think so they would prefer that a little bit, as long as it's done with respect. But yeah, yeah. So here I you've got like you've got a pretty bulky arm, right? So it's it's. So did you see a, a change, uh, apart from obviously the positional change and just the shock of this? Was there any other component? No, pretty of your... much. Well, I went got, went home straight from the doctors after they said that I'm fine, which I wasn't. Mm. Um, they filled me full of morphine and sent me home. Okay, so you must have been in pain because they wouldn't. Oh no! Look, I had about a you know five out of ten, so it was bearable. I drove myself down there; it was bearable until I went to sleep, and I woke up. I woke up, you know, hour or two later, screaming, absolutely screaming. It's like someone had a hot meat cleaver and they were cutting through my shoulder. The same, that same arm. Same shoulder, yeah. But it was progressive, so it 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 started at a ten out of 10 and it went to about 200 out of 10 right so this is like pass out material this is oh this is insane mind you Liz still you know hasn't given birth <laughs> yeah so so I, you know jumped in the bath 4 a.m in the bath i thought yeah, yeah. maybe a cool hot bath whatever will work didn't mm. work drove myself to hospital again um because Leah doesn't drive and i didn't want to, she had two kids at home and she was pregnant mm. Mm. Went down there and they're like, oh, we remember you. Um, and then <laughs> four, or five, four or five hours in the waiting room screaming. Mm. Oh, here's some endone. So they gave me some endone. Um, mm. Didn't help. They started giving me all this um, other stuff and more morphine. They said, you know, yeah, what's, yeah. The pain level? what's the pain level? And I said, well, it's gone from, a, you know, a 200 to 100. She mm. goes out of 100. I said, out of 10. Mm. Like, I'm screaming. Yeah, right. Um, and the doctor comes in and says, look, we can't help you. You need to go get an MRI. Okay. Well, I said, what level is that on? She goes, no, we don't do that here. You got to go home. We, she goes, we need the bed. Okay. Okay. This um, must have been infuriating beyond. Well, yeah, and... it's pretty, pretty extreme. It's like, but I was like, I need to focus on this pain and not asking for yeah. a bed. Yeah, yeah, too right. There's, I mean, that's, that becomes crisis management of your actual capacity to focus yeah. on anything beyond. So did at any point anyone ask you a question relating to have you taken anything? Nope, Is there nothing. new medication? Nope. No, no, it's anything? just muscular. It's muscular. Um, we can't help you. Go away. No test, nothing. So I went to my doctor and said, the hospital, this is Dr. Dr. Jabber, the one that jabbed me with the needle. I was going to ask. You went back to, wow, okay, yes. What did he so, say? Well, I went there and I said, this is what's going on. He goes, he actually swore. He goes, oh, like, you know, S-H-I-T. I, what happened? I said, hey, you're the doctor. Tell me. So he goes, here's an, an, an go get an MRI. I said, well, I spoke to them. I said, I can't straighten my arm. They can't do it. Mm, mm. Yes, it's quite, yeah, go. So he, he, he grabs my arm and, and physically tries to straighten it. It's not moving. Ooh. Oh, okay. And how did that go down for you? Well, you couldn't take the pain any worse. <laughs> okay. Wow. But, yeah, just, I would have thought it. it would have felt like he's breaking a bone. Oh, it wasn't moving. It's like there was, you're not moving it. My gosh. I've, busy, I've never actually seen anything like that. So I'm just trying to imagine it. And it's, yeah, no, it's basically it feels you're not uncomfortable moving, you're not, to imagine it. Um, at this not, point, you would have been having, um, like your body starts to compensate when an area of your body's not not moving freely your all your other parts of your body start locking up and compensating so that's right so your, your, your right shoulder your, my right shoulder took over you know physical activities like basic stuff like driving mm. um so basically uh, my brother drove me to the mri and they're like we're gonna feel you full of these needles and this contrast you know to see what's going on so you're not yeah, coming yeah, anywhere but... near me with a needle yeah you're not touching me with a needle Oh, we need to yeah, strap right. you in. So they strapped me in with, you know, ratchet straps and neck brace and all this stuff. I felt like, you know, like I was in a nut house. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they in wanted to get the dye into you. Yeah, that, that's what they wanted to do. And I said, you're not doing that. So yeah, you're not right. coming anywhere near me with a needle ever again. Yeah, okay. So you, you'd started to make some deductions. You, part of you is going, wait a minute. This well, could well, be. You know, look, I, can, I can deadlift 175 kilos. Fishing's not going to make me disabled. No. That, that doesn't make any logical sense, does it? Yeah. Right. So anyway, so I had this MRI and it was absolute hell. I'm claustrophobic, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's loud. Um, it's loud. It's like, yeah, it's like a massive banging concrete machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, every day I was like, 
what's going on? So we had had this MRI done and it showed nothing, nothing at yeah. all. Yep. It's like, yeah. are you serious? Like, and so, yeah. so what you need to do now is you need to go home and you let your wife have a baby, and then we're going to get you a CT scan. So yeah. I went and got a CT scan. Leah's got contractions, mm-hmm. and and they showed up something on my CT scan on my um somewhere in my chest, a lump. Mm-hmm. Okay. Straight away, you need a biopsy. So listen, mate, my wife's in the waiting room. So she's got contractions. Going to have a baby in a second. I so said, you can shove your biopsy. <laughs> That's what yeah, I said yeah. straight up. Oh, no, you need, to, you need to. So they bring another doctor in. Now, look, it looks serious. You need to. So I'm not going anywhere. Okay. You know, no biopsy. I'm like, I'm done with this. So Yeah, unless you do it. You're in this chair right now. Well, Leo went, you know, we came home. I had to sleep. This is, you know, some time has passed. Um, I'm sleeping sitting up. I couldn't lay down. So a total wow. of 32 days I was sleeping sitting up. Wow. That, so yeah. being you know being physically active to disable yeah and not getting any restoration like sleeping is such a restorative process and i'm hearing that you didn't go into deep sleep sitting up did you oh no no there was no sleep there was just one slight movement and there was pain you know one second of movement is you know four or five hours of pain yeah gosh so okay. there's there's having contractions and like I'm literally sweating from the pain. The pain's excruciating. Um, wow. So I sit up and I, I look at her because I didn't see her for a couple of hours because I was in and out of consciousness, basically. Mm. From the pain, I said, what's going on? She goes, oh, I better call the hospital. The contractions are close. I said, all right, yeah. let's do that. Hospital goes, oh, come in for a checkup and, you know, we'll <laughs> see what we can do. So, you know, wake the kids up. Oh, bless them. You know, it's like 7 a.m., 6 a.m., wake the kids up, haven't slept for 30 days, whatever. Long time, basically. So we go to hospital and the lady looks at Leah and she goes, you're about to have a baby. And we're like, mm-hmm. well, we know this. Thank you. Anyway, yeah, like, wow, is that what that bump was? <laughs> so, wow. yeah. and Leah's like, can you give me some pain meds? And she's like, no, no, you're having a baby like in the next 30 seconds. Yeah, okay, wow, 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 I'm impressed. Okay, so, okay. So, so get her off, they're like, get her off the bed so we can put a bed sheet down because it was just a mattress. <laughs> so I put a mat- bed sheet down and... Leah's like, give you pain meds. They're like, nut push. So she gave birth to Kelly in about 30 seconds and zero pain meds. Yeah, yeah. Good on it. I'm, I'm in that cot, but not the 30 second bit. But anyhow, uh, that's incredible. And you were there or you were with the boys? Oh, I, 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 I was there. My boys were with my brother in the waiting room. Um, Thank you, brother. So Kelly was, Kelly was born and it was all sweet and everything was good. I came home with the boys um, and, you know, went and visited Kelly and Leah one more time. And then I realized I left my pain meds in Leah's nappy bag. Mm-hmm. And it's midnight and I've got no pain meds. And I'm like texting Leah, like, have you seen my pain meds? And she's like, they're in my bag. <laughs> and that was an amazing, amazing night. <laughs> no pain meds, nothing. Um, I went and picked Leah up the next day and Callie was released to come home. And by the time mm-hmm. I got home, I was that destroyed with pain. I had to drive myself back to hospital. Nice. Because really, um, this is our only options. We're not given access to other, like, unless you've got a key connection as a, with a, you know, that's a right. physio, with acupuncturist, someone who thinks outside the norm. Well, I did. I had I had my brother for 30 days who's a remedial massage therapist. Oh, right. And, and, and he, that, lives, he lives help? with us. No, yep. because I don't like people touching me. <laughs> okay. But okay. I, mean, he tried, he, I gave up. He tried everything. Nothing helped. Yeah, yeah. So this, this was just a... a um, an extreme circumstance on so many levels and you need yeah. an answer by now your your mind your actual psychology your capacity to stay in a hopeful place even though you've had to manage yourself oh, so it, you the, the your ho- ho- hopeful hopeful place was fading quick yeah um every day i'd wake up and so what happened is my arm actually straightened up on its own right. but it went so I lost feeling in my arm. So from my elbow down, there was no feeling. It was numb. It was useless. I couldn't hold a glass of water. Wow. Could you feel the glass of water? I could move my fingers, but I could not grip. I could not move. So I, the physio said I lost 90, 99.8% strength in my left arm. Okay. What? How did I, I know. Like, it's like he, he was hopeful for that point too. <laughs> He's like, you can wave. Yeah, wow. Okay. Okay, what happened next? 
go to physio. That was, you know, we, we don't have answers. Go to physio. All right, go to physio. Three or four weeks of physio and, you know, like a crap ton of money. Nothing was working to the point where the physio goes, look, if it doesn't, you know, strength test, if it doesn't happen this session, don't come back, man. He goes, you're wasting your money. He goes, I've got no answers for you. Go get cupping. Go get acupuncture. Oh, all right, I'll do that. End up yep. looking like a like a you know, an Olympic swimmer, like, like a giant <laughs> domino. Um, that did absolutely nothing. Made me look stupid. Yeah. To the point wow. where I just I had jack of it. I had enough. Like yeah, I, so I couldn't, I couldn't hold my car keys. Days. You're now moving into like not the ninety day function now. Pretty much, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Kelly was, you know. She was alert. She her eyes were open. She was recognizing who's who. Mm. So that's where I was at, and I was like, "Physio sent me home. Don't move your neck when you drive. Don't move your arm. Don't." So what are you meant to do? How am I meant to drive, you clown? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's hard enough, mate. Don't restrict me anymore. Yeah. And, so and basically, I, yep. yeah. I was just gonna say. So all your 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 clearly people weren't expecting anything of you once they understood what you were managing. But you would have had this support network of people that you'd sewed into and helped <laughs> no. probably wanting to help no no, no. I, lo- I lost i lost you know, 98.9 percent of friends wow that's so that that potentially was harder oh that's a big call i know Pre- but... pretty much yeah look i lost friends from from the toy shop that i owned i lost friends from the bodybuilding from the church there was no one wow yeah, we're not it, terribly it resilient. When, when, it was late, when stuff it was doesn't go well. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, wow. And you find out a lot about yourself in those places, very much. Yeah, look, and look I, I described it as I, I carried both my parents' coffins and buried them when I was, you know, fairly young in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And what I went through was worse with my arm. Yeah. That's how I describe it. Yeah, and I appreciate that on many levels, as you would know. But yeah. Um, I, I mean, so because I've I actually... um. We didn't see one another for quite some time. That's uh, right, yeah. Prior, I remember praying for, for Leah Young. She was like, I really want a little girl. We want a little girl. Yeah. And, and I did. I laid hands and I just knew I'm like, we're going to have a little girl. And then sort of, I think maybe we became Facebook friends yep. um, along the way, me and Leah, and then a bit of homeschooling connection. But we never right. really, I didn't know all of this. I was so horribly shocked. I'm like, oh, my gosh, these people yeah. should have been supported. And I didn't know. But the father knew that, and that's okay. But That's um, it. So what's the next part of this story? So the physio and everything else was, I was kicked out of physio. Like who, who gets kicked out of physio? <laughs> <laughs> An honest physio has done that, I think. <laughs> kicked, kicked out of physio, kicked out of hospital. Um, I said, I've had enough of this crap. So I, I Googled my symptoms and I said, go see a neurologist. So I booked mm-hmm. in for the local neurologist who happened to be the best one in, in New South Wales, if you know, Australia. Yeah. And they stuck these giant needles in my arm, his receptionist did. Like, they were like, I didn't even feel it because my arm was numb. My arm was dead. Yeah. So basically, they hooked it up to a computer and stuck these things in my arm. And, and straight away, the doctor comes in and goes, Stop it now. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? I'm like, Oh, well, where were you six months ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Six Why months. didn't so anyone recommend this? That's it. Six months has passed because I remember saying, Where were you six months ago? Yeah. So basically, I sat in his office and he goes, You need another MRI. He goes, oh. and we need the contrast. I said, I'll give you the MRI, but I'm not doing the contrast. No chance. Okay. He goes, all right, let's do it. So I went to another place, a different place, got an MRI, and I took it back mm-hmm. to him, and it, it came back that I had something called brachial neuralgia. Okay. So the, the nerve in my, in my spine, just on my neck, um, basically kinked like a garden hose. Wow. Goodness. And basically that's it. Cut me off pretty much. <clears throat> And he said to me, look, there's nothing we can do because if you came in within the first week, we could have given you steroids like cortisone and you would have been fine. He goes, right. it's, no one's picked up on this. He goes, you're lucky to be alive. You're lucky to walk. He goes, it's usually the neck down. It's very rare. He goes, what did you have? So this is what I had. He goes, no, it wasn't that, it wasn't that. I said, tetanus, polio, whoopie cough. He goes, bingo. He goes, one in a wow. million, one in a million in Australia and you copped it. But he had, okay, one in a million is saying a number, but yeah. he knew. He knew. Oh, yeah, he's he said that. <laughs> well, Clearly I, I, it's, it's, yeah. it's actually got a name called Parsonage-Turner syndrome. Right. Uh, so basically, 
Mm. It, he said pretty much like, you're never, ever going to shoot again because I'm a shooter. You're never going to lift again. He goes, you're well, lucky fish. to be here. He goes, embrace it. He goes, but you, you're done. Like, we can't help you. Uh, okay, so this this gentleman established what you had a sense about, which was a particular um, recommended dose of yeah. vaccination for the sake of your child yeah. was was the the um, perpetrator of a yeah. circumstance that has an A called Parsonage Turner, I think you said. Yeah, the brachialgia. Yeah, and then the, you and, and you sh you know you sort of got off a little bit easier than others because you could be not walking. So yeah, thank sort of thanks for that. Yeah. Um, and all the bits of if you if you'd gotten here earlier, if this had been seen, if somebody had maybe decided to ask or consider these things, maybe, maybe. But I know you, and I actually know that you're fully functioning now. So there he is, still more oh, to this story. There is. Look, but the funny thing is, I said to him, um, apparently they picked up something on the CT scan, something I, I needed a biopsy for. He goes, oh yeah, we have to apologise. He goes, the machine was actually dirty. <laughs> I kid you not. So here I am, one arm, saying you're never going to function again and you don't have any life-threatening tumours, cancer, illness because we forgot to clean the machine. Sorry. Oh, right. Okay. So, okay. So we as patients can just always ask a second opinion, I think is a key take home. Please, please, people take that home. Always ask <sighs> a second opinion. Things can happen. <laughs> right. Things cannot be clean. Okay. Well, that was good news. Yay. Yay yes. to no, no heart, something near your heart area. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, praise God. <laughs> yeah. So what happens next? I, I, oh, I took it, you know, glass half full. Yeah. I'm alive. Yay. Went home and I was just like, I had a, so I constantly live with a, like a stretch rubber band at my door. Constantly. Mm -hmm. Every time I go to a door, I'd use it, just try and regain my strength to physically get back to some sort of normality. Yeah. It wasn't working. But, I, you know, I went back to the rubber band and I Googled what I had and over 200,000 kids in Africa have died from this vaccine produced by oh, Bill Gates. Okay. That's like journaled, medical journal stuff. Yeah. Okay, wow. In, in America, you can actually get a compensation the second you're diagnosed with this actual vaccine that I had. Wow, that's surprising. Uh, in, in, but, in the these days. Well, in Australia, it's the she'll be right, mate, mentality. Yeah, yeah. One in a million. It'll be fine. Yeah, you're lucky to be. You're lucky to be alive. Yeah. Be happy. You know, be quiet. Stop whinging. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So oh, you're not a whinger, but you are a realist, and you're also someone that chooses to go, I'm going to do what I can. But, you know, there's a, obviously, I mean, Leah must have been, to a point, I mean, she was focused on the children, but her heart for you. Like, yeah, well, husband, I know my husband. Like, this is not him. This is not well, his. Pretty future. well, considering you know, I went from where I was physically, you know, mm -hmm. almost a superhuman, to honey, can you help me put my jumper on? Yeah. yeah, I can't do it. Like, get out of the shower or the bath. Can you wipe my back down because my arm does not move? Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't. I couldn't reach. So I couldn't reach above my head below my, you know, below my yep. legs, out to the side. My arm was yep. cut it off. It's finished. That's incredible. And there's so many people that are bearing that um, due to, you know, so many other aspects. But for you, knowing that about yourself. Um, yeah. And your boys, your boys witnessing that. Um, yeah, like dad was, you know, dad lived in the gym. Now dad's, you know, crying on the couch. Yeah. I cried myself to sleep for, you know, 40 days straight. Yeah, yeah. Asking God to, to come and heal me. Yeah, yeah, good, 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 um, good place to be in in terms of uh, knowing where your help comes from. But extremely so not, not gonna, not, not gonna not gonna lie, I was losing faith. I was losing hope. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, I'm honest. Yeah, it breaks a person. Yeah, you're at a break. Yeah. So what? What was there a a moment that you would say was the absolute lowest? And, and did something shift after that? Or like I think how, my, my lowest was I went to do something in, in a split of a moment, you know, like something that I've done. I think it was basically just, I think it was throwing a ball for my dog. Because yeah. mm -hmm. me and Cooper used to throw the ball a lot. So like playing baseball and stuff. So I'd mm -hmm. go to throw the ball. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I was like, I seriously, what, what use am I? I can't even throw a tennis ball. Yeah, wow. It was, it was a real slap in the face. So was that with the other arm or is it just 
Now that was with the left arm. The right arm was fine. Yeah. Although the you know there was a patch on my right arm too that started to deteriorate where there was a, a patch where it was numb as well, but it seemed to have stopped just there and that's as far as it got. That's intriguing. Wow. Okay, so um, you potentially started to consider this might be permanent. No, no, I, I took it as you know well, he's a neurologist. He's got to know what he's talking about. Mm. You know, mm. let, let's let's change careers, whatever whatever's next, and deal with it what do you do mm-hmm. so i had no ideas i know no, no career choice in mind <laughs> i was just like yeah. i was gonna sit on the couch yeah well, I, there's a grief a very very real grief and it yeah. would have potentially un, un, unwrapped a lot of other grief uh from what i'm hearing of your childhood as well yeah so the the, the reconstruction after the deconstruction of memphis yep. something yeah. had to happen and and the something something did happen. Now I wasn't there to witness this, but I'm particularly excited by it. Would you be willing to share about that? Yeah, I had a dinner box from McDonald's. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was a a miracle preacher. Mm-hmm. Goes by the name of John Meller. Um, you know, one of those. I think they call him an argy bargy, happy clappy Christian, mm-hmm. where he heals people in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yep. yep. I, I Googled him and I was like, yeah, look, my brother wants to go and check it out and took some friends along. It was just down in Barrel, mm-hmm. C3 Church. So we went down there and you know, it was good atmosphere and people in wheelchairs and walking canes and, you know, people carrying x-rays and, and everything you can imagine. Like, this is a place yeah. for the sick. Like, you literally just walked into a, a morgue. <laughs> That's what it felt like from all yeah. the ill people. Yeah, yeah. Well, when um, you've been carrying illness, it does feel like death, doesn't it? Yeah, so like the people carrying people up and putting them mm. in wheelchairs because of that, that sick. Yeah. Anyway, the, the, the session went on, progressed, and, you know, it was almost over. And he goes, I just want to pray a general prayer. Mm-hmm. And as he was praying, he goes, anyone nerve damage, he goes, be healed. Wow. And then basically, yeah, look, I started crying. Uncontrollably. Uh-huh. Uncontrollably. <laughs> Like so you just in the congregation, you hadn't moved to the heads, 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 heads were bowed down and just finishing the session off. And yeah, anyone with this illness, you know, arthritis, and he, he goes, yep. nerve damage, anyone with nerve damage, just pinpoints it. Yep. And then he goes, it's all finished, and I'm, you know, crying like a baby. He goes, yep. anyone feel anything different? And I put my left arm up, I'm thinking. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. So I raised, raised it straight up and looked at my arm and went, oh, my God, my arm, it moved. It's working. Like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't raise it over my head before I walked in. Yeah. It was just an instinct. Like, you know, you're just, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, I'm here. And put yeah. your arm up. Yeah, yeah, because you're, you're left-handed, aren't you? I'm right-handed. Oh, you're right-handed. Okay. Yeah. So cool. Wow. And he put my left, left arm up and he's like, come here, mate, come out the front. This was all videotaped. Yep, yep. Um, come out the front and he goes, what happened? And I told him, you know, what happened? The microphone. And he goes... God's not done with you yet. And he prayed for me and I, I, I fell down. Yeah. Like uncontrollably. I tried to fight the sensation of like falling down. I just fainted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had a lot of friends there, our friends, like from church and stuff that saw this. Yep. Um, and he picks me up and he goes, one more time. He prayed for me. I fell down again. And yep. I stood up and fully regained everything in my arm. The strength was still weak because obviously I yeah. lost a lot of muscle mass. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I could get dressed. I could hold a glass of water. Yeah, yeah, you had function. And all your nerves were talking from your brain, down your neck, down your arm. Yep, restored. Praise God. That's – it impacts me in very deep ways. And uh, you and I both know that, you know, as as ministers of the gospel, this is available for anyone. But – it's an incredible moment to hear when, um, you know, I don't know John personally, but I am aware of his ministry and yeah. uh, he, his reputation is very sound in terms of he doesn't at all pretend to be anything special, but he yeah. knows what he functions in and he owns it and he's got the boldness to make proclamations that most Christians just aren't prepared to do. Oh, the and, same spirit uh, that, is, that is in him is in us. and Absolutely. That's the right, same spirit sir. of God. Yeah, and I, I see that upon your life and your your boys and your your, your girl. Um, so when when 
obviously there was the exhilaration. There was also that little bit of the shock moment, I suppose, because, you know, you weren't, I suppose you were expectant. Talk a little bit about that because you said there was an atmosphere there and people had come and they were carrying x-rays. So, a lot of people walked in, you know, came in wheelchairs and they, after John prayed for them, they would jump into the stage. Yeah, right. Like, okay. you know, stood, stood up out of a wheelchair in front of, you know, 400 people and, and started jumping on the stage. That would have been incredible. Did that, did that like give you faith? Like, were you, did no, you look, feel- I've, I've, I've seen plenty of that before and it's just like, you know, God doesn't want to do that for me and that's fine. But, you know, praise God, these people are getting healed. Yeah. As I like, end of the night, John's finished and it's like, God wasn't finished. John was, God wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, isn't that true? That's very, very much the case yeah. <laughs> in our Christian lives. Oh, I'm tired, Lord. Yes, but okay. Yeah, right. pretty much. So, okay. You you obviously, um, the next day, you, you probably wake up and sort of do the test run again and like, okay, this yeah. is still here and yeah. It's all good to go. And what happened? What, what did you decide to do for the next couple of weeks to months? Well, first, the first thing I did was bought a motorbike because I sold mine when I got paralyzed. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing I did, you know, back back on a bike. Yeah. So like I tell people, I live a life behind bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine how that goes until you explain it, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So basically that's what I did and I lived life and we started, you know, back in well, homeschooling and raising Callie and just being a dad and a, and a family and then I, you know, yeah. once once I got the bike, we went to a motocross event, and it's always been a lifelong dream to start the motocross brand. And we decided on that day we're going to do it. And what I had in mind, obviously, there was bigger and better options out there, which was in terms of screen printing. Mm-hmm. So, and then you know, basically, what used to be the gym became my office, as where you guys were, where I gave yeah. you guys your your masterclass. Yeah, it was incredible. Okay, so you you rebuilt yet again. Memphis rebuilt. Yep, started and, from the bottom. <laughs> yep. And and did you um did you just think, oh listen, I'll just leave the, the fitness thing, or was it just this always churning? But I had, you know, thousands of kilos of weights and machines and equipment, and I sold it all when I got paralyzed because I was told I'll yeah. never use it again. I'd never in a million years think that I'd be training again. Ever. Wow. Ever. Until one day I, I saw the cases were rising again for this COVID. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm not going through this again. I'm not going to join a gym because it's not me. And even if I do, the government's going to shut it down anyway. Yeah. So I basically converted my other garage where all my dirt bikes were and me and Leah converted and painted it in about 12 hours and started, yeah. ordering, started ordering equipment. Wow. And I said, you know, if I ever did get better again, I either wanted to do CrossFit or American Ninja Warrior or Australian Ninja Warrior. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. So that was my promise that I made my kids when I was mm. on the couch, lifeless. Wow. So, yeah, basically started ordering equipment and yep. the week we finished the gym and everything was done, which is where I'm sitting now, you know, mm. lockdown, snap lockdown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, and I was like, you know, it's like something was waiting for me to finish. Yeah, this was like what yeah. three months ago something was waiting yeah. for me to finish my yeah. gym and get all my equipment delivered and everything i needed till it was locked down yep i think it's also yeah. just discernment and hearing you, you hear you know you, you know when you're being prompted yeah look i think the holiday was over uh, you know the holiday from not training it's like it's mm. time to do it again it's like yeah you know i'm 36 what am i gonna do it's like you can do this man come on let's go what do you stop talking yep yep, yep, yep. too much talking so I've wow. taken myself from the extreme, you know, being from having lifted for five years to like, mm-hmm. I've never boxed jump in my life. I wasn't physically able to, because I was a bodybuilder and it was forbidden to, to jump because you lose too much muscle mass. Right. So I, I didn't do cardio for four years because I was maintaining muscle mass and I wanted to cut back to the point where I could basically shred. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. And like now I'm doing cardio. It's like, Lock me down a sheep and I'll emerge a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm telling people. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm, uh, there's so much here. And I think something we need to, to discuss is, is what your, your family witnessed. Because 
I know you take seriously, and, and we really do need to, the role we have as the main influence of our children. Yeah. And you alluded to it just not too long ago. You said, you know, promise you made your boys. And how is that rolling out? I've seen a few little posts of the, of the boys, you know, coming in alongside you. But on a deeper level, what are you seeing in your family since, you know, this whole story sort of come to a, a, a little bit of a completion or a shift? As what am I seeing with my kids and family as, as I've gotten stepped back into training? Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my wife's training with me every day. Mm. so which is cool. like wow you know yes. who, can say that, who can say they do that um, <laughs> my, my five-year-old daughter's box jumping you know 20 inches she's five Good on her. um you know I, I got cooper down here challenging me for cardio like you know dad if i can do 20 minutes i want you to do 15 on 100 calorie burn Good morning. Um, he's speaking you know, your I, language there isn't he <laughs> well I, I, you know let's go i got noah's like dad we're training come on let's go i've got mm. my shoes on let's go we're training let's go yeah. Like Noah's, my kids aren't, unless it's dirt biking or push biking or skateboarding, they're physically not active. They don't, that's what, that's their thing. Yeah. Now we got the gym. It's like, you know, I'm going to row today while, you know, hey, dad, you're going to deadlift. Yeah. So they're watching me deadlifting, you know, 130 kilos on with the 10 kilo vest on. Yep. Yep. And like, they're like, dad, you know, is that your warm up? Are you going to struggle? What are you doing? Like, yeah. That's intriguing because. You can have a gym set up and say, there you go, son. I set it up for you. Off you go. And it's yep. very rare to hear of sons ever going to do it. But if a oh, father look, I can't, is I can't there, keep them out. I cannot keep them out. Yeah. But that's because they saw you. Yeah. It's like dad's there. I've, I saw my dad at an absolute low. And I have learned so much from him. I mean, I may not be able to articulate that yet. And I want to be where he is, is what I'm hearing. Well, I've, I've, I've got Noah. He's 10 years old going, Dad, when I'm 17, you know, I want to compete in the CrossFit Worldwide Games. Yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I, look, I looked at him three days ago. Oh. I was just staring at him. It's like, he's got delts. He's got triceps, biceps. He's 10. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? He's, his yeah. eating habits are better and we're eating well, eating healthy. We're not, no more, like, I've been eating clean for three months. I've dropped almost eight kilos. I've got people like my friend in Adelaide, Paddy. He's like inspired yep. by what I'm doing. He's doing it too on his level. Yeah. I mean, yep. I've got friends in, in America that are on Excalibur page and they're like, if he can do it, we can do it. Let's all do it together. And we've got challenges That's going it. and inspirations. And yep. Like yeah, my, you... mate, my mate Anthony today in Anaheim, he was saying, you know, in prison, they used to leave bags and, bags and books. That's what they used to lift. I read that. Yeah, he wrote it on the post. Yeah. Fascinating. And he said, where there's a will, there's a way. And, you know, we hear this as an off-the-cuff statement, but you really do epitomise that. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm hearing you're, you attract um, a people. You don't want people that give you lip service. You don't want people to pay you lots of money. You want people who are self-directed, self-motivated, who get, you know, the work done, the sweat uh, out, all that I, stuff. I, you, you could go pay a personal trainer right now to write your program, but it's not tried and tested what i've tried and tested for seven years straight of training three times a day mm. i'm not saying i know everything but for a whole year i learned what was good and what was bad my training was useless for a year till i learned what works yeah like my muscle now like the memory muscle memory is real the yeah, muscle memory now is intense like yeah. going back from where i was to where i am now in the last mm. three months is just wow like one of my friends actually said, look at you, Mr. This big bloke walking sideways through doors because <laughs> my legs are so big. So I was just making a crack at it. It's like yep. CrossFit. Come CrossFit. and join me. What, what I'm doing <laughs> now with CrossFit, I've got so many people waiting to knock on the door as soon as our amazing premier lets us out. <laughs> yeah. But like, the CrossFit compared to what I was doing, bodybuilding, mm. different worlds. Yeah, I've heard some really, really great um, stories of people that uh, knew they didn't want just gym world. They wanted collaborative effort. Yep. And they found it at, at CrossFit gyms, but basically, and CrossFit comps. Yep. Um, more so than it's something, it's something I never in the world imagined I'd be doing. You know, yeah. I took myself from, I think it was a 20-inch box jump three weeks ago. And I think I'd done a 24 with the weighted vest. And one of the guys on the page, Bruce, who I met, actually selling him some weight plates. Bruce was uh -huh. on there and he goes, oh, what's next? I said, well, let's go for the 30 by Saturday. He goes, oh, let's yep. do it. So I've done it, 30, 30 inch with the weight vest on. Yep. 30 inches, yep. like, I couldn't jump three centimetres when I was bodybuilding. 
yes, I understand this very much uh, on many levels. But I can't, I don't box jump yet, but it's actually on my agenda. And I've said that out publicly yeah, yeah. now. Deadlift, so. let's get a deadlift going. <laughs> um, I know that I actually really want some more power to be able to make moves from the, the, the floor or in a squat position yep. um, you know, to, 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 to do more power moves. So I'm working on that. But um, listen, I'm, I'm going to uh, wind it up there. That's just been so big. And I think, um, you know, if people got the opportunity to connect with you. We should give them that uh, opportunity if that's okay with you. Yeah. Where would be the most suitable place for them to, to reach out to, to you? Oh, look, if they want to reach out, just add them to our Excalibur page. You know, that was just a page that I set up for, I think it was me and my mate, Patty, and I think one other person and three members. Okay. I think we're three months into our own 42 members already worldwide. Yeah. yeah. So, look, I, like I said, I, I don't know everything, but diet plans, workout plans, whatever you need, we're there. Yeah. Yeah. And you are a fantastic um, leader by example. And, and extremely humble in that place. And that that's just rare across many industries, but particularly in the fitness industry. Um, it is, it's the real, exception this, is the Ninja Warriors, I must admit. They are an incredibly humble group of yeah, people. But they, they don't, yeah, they're all right. <laughs> well, uh, we're watching CrossFit Games currently, um, 2021 CrossFit Games live every night. And it's like, wow, you haven't seen anything until you've seen these CrossFitters. I will, I actually might take you up on that. I'm, I, I'd be keen to see that because I know myself when I entered the the um, street hip hop, I was yep. stunned at the collaborative um, aspect of it and, and the actual genuine desire to see other people do well. Um, it's very rare in creative arts. So I'm well, the pan- Like I said, the pandemic has just opened up my eyes like you would not believe, mm. um, especially this, this whatever wave we're in, third, fifth, thousandth wave whatever wave we're in with this <laughs> whatever this, is written in the book i think might be yeah oh, depend i think it depends what color uh coat gladys is wearing on the day yeah, the blazer. <laughs> far out like this is ridiculous like i i got told today that asthma is no longer an exemption for not wearing a mask while running oh, in- i and and to all asthma sufferers out there i'm so sorry that you would have to hear that so I, like i I, no I, I am one of the worst asthmatics you'd ever meet believe it or not considering how physically fit I am. But you know what? I, I looked at it and I thought, there's got to be more to this. So how do I deal with this? I, I, they don't want to give me an exemption. They've taken my exemption away and that's fine. Take my exemption, take away my freedom, but watch what will emerge. You're exactly right. You watch what's going to, like I am, <clears throat> I'm not done. This is just the beginning. Yeah. When I become superhuman, I'm raising a squad of superhumans. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're going to be like, we're going to be mentors to physical fitness, um, clean yep. eating and just, just badassery. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Groundedness and um, understanding who we are in more ways than just that physical as well. And Because your, your body will fight that. any virus, any cold, your immune system. Yep. If it's, if it's dialed in, will destroy any cold coming your way. You don't, yeah, you know, no Panadol, no vaccines for me. I'm sorry. I'm actually exempt from the vaccine. Well, I was this morning, but. We'll see what happens tomorrow when they take that away too. <laughs> well, actually, the neurologist actually said that he recommends I do not get the vaccine for fear. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just really think there will be people who will reach out because uh, even if there's no clarity in their thinking, just to have someone who would have understanding uh, yeah. is so valuable. To be heard by someone who would have understanding is very valuable at this time. So I'm, uh, I, I, I usually sort of finish off with sort of games and things like that. But I just think really today, I, I just want to um, highlight the key things that I've received from this interview. And I, I learn new things. But, um, you know, in this case, we didn't really talk about movement in the same sort of fashion I have in other interviews. But I'm talking to someone who you move. Um, physical movement is obviously huge, but so much more is this momentum to progress. And, and that's uh, very much what I, I, I sense of you. It's, it's from something that became quite indignant in you at that age. Like these people have tried to oppress me, um, but I'm not going to be defined by that. And that's it. Um, I, I'm extremely encouraged. And I think many, many, many people need to be around more uh instances of people like yourself we just yep. need to get around. It's, it's uncomfortable to be around somebody who's so convicted because we often feel quite um disqualified or intimidated yeah but if i can encourage listeners to say 
get used to standing in those places because the it'll push you out of your comfort zones and push well that's right step, step, step out of that comfort zone because like yep. i remember doing my first crossfit crossfit session three months ago i walked yep. like a cowboy for like a week <laughs> like, <laughs> like my kids called me john wayne like they <laughs> never even watched john wayne who had to know what john wayne is but <laughs> they, they just know the, they know the mean like dad what's wrong with you why are you walking so funny it's like I couldn't bend down to pick anything up. It's like Leah's in that position now. She did CrossFit two days ago. Yeah, yeah. Like you're stepping into your comfort zone mm. and you, you're sore and it's going to hurt, but you're going to rebuild bigger and better. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So on that note, I uh, will release you to go back and do the things that you do at this time of the day. Back to the uh, gym. Blessings. Yeah, I thought that might be the case, but, um, you know, blessings to you and your fam. I'm really Thank excited you. about the rest of 2021 with you guys. And uh, to all the listeners, thank you so much. It's a little bit long, but I uh, believe this has been a very powerful episode that must be uh, be released. So thanks, just, everybody. Just w- w- watch this space. <laughs> Absolutely. I think there'll be more. Absolutely. Okay. Amen. Thanks. Thanks. Bye, no guys. worries. All right.